Spencer Speak Sports Friday episode here. Um, a lot of different subject area to get into, I guess. Um, picked a, a bunch of different things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to start with, though, is uh, Malik Beasley, who is a uh, Minnesota Timberwolf in the NBA. And uh, people may be thinking, why does that name sound familiar? That's because in, I believe it was roughly the fifth episode of this podcast, you had the Brigham Young Krugers, the Larson Pippen story. Um, Malik Beasley and Larsa Pippen were seen out together. Um, this was back in, yeah, like November, early December. And uh, I think the, the thing that came out of it was that uh, Larsa Pippen was 46, Malik Beasley was 24, and um, Scotty Pippen Jr., who's Scotty Pippen's and Larsa Pippen's. Uh, uh, kid uh, those two are have been divorced for a little bit now but uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. is 20 years old so closer to Michael Beasley than uh, than Beasley is to Larza Pippen in age if that makes sense yeah um, anyway so so I just uh, kind of bring him back uh, good old memories of the podcast and uh, basically what happened with Beasley is that he uh, was uh, yeah, he pled guilty to felony counts uh, for threats of violence, and then the NBA just suspended him 12 games. Um, so I, the story comes full circle, I guess. I have, I have no clue. Um, but anyway, actually, Larsa Pippen was the only one to remove. So on Instagram posts that I do, I have um, I just tag like uh, whether it be a basketball team account or a player account um, onto the picture there of whatever topics I'm talking about. And obviously for the the BYU Larsa Pippen story uh, episode there, I had tagged Larsa Pippen and I'm pretty sure she's the only team athlete celebrity whatever it may be to remove her tag from my post so um so the, so there's that wall of wall of fame uh as the as the only person to do that um so yeah so that's uh that's uh basically what i wanted to talk about there is how um bring back that familiarity with malik beasley and tell you what the hell just happened with malik beasley how he had the felony counts now he suspended 12 games and all that stuff um speaking of felonies uh, that's a that's a nice transition there um john Gettert, uh former uh, let me spell his name uh, g-e-d-d-e-r-t uh, Getter, um, he was a former U.S. gymnastics coach and, and doctor at Michigan, I believe. Um, he was charged recently with 24 crimes of uh, charges that included, let's see, human trafficking, sexual assault, all that um, just awful um, things that make Geiter a, a sick MFer. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, so after those charges were dealt out, apparently yesterday he was, uh, yeah, he killed himself at a rest stop. So um, needless to say, he was probably guilty um, just, just based on the, um, the events that unfolded um, more like John in the dirt. Um, oh boy. That's, um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on um but anyway um sister uh Samea, who is a uh, south african 
female middle distance runner, um, really known for being an 800 meter specialist. So basically a half a mile, um, specialist, uh, she ran into some problems with world athletics. Um, the abbreviation for world athletics is AII or wow. I A A F. Um, and uh, basically, uh, her issue was that she just was naturally born with more testosterone level or higher testosterone levels in her body. Um, yeah, born female has identified as female throughout her entire life. And uh, she's been basically cut uh, from opportunities to uh, compete in these events from the 400 or quarter mile all the way up to the 1600 meters or mile um events there because of these of these levels in fact um because uh, samaya i believe won the gold at rio in 2016 but the top three runners there um i think there was a uh geez was it burundi i i think it, that might have been one of the other countries that one of the runners was from and then in kenya all three of those runners apparently had higher levels of testosterone and are dealing all dealing with the same issue here um, from world athletics but um basically what samaya is doing now is that she's going to the european court of human rights to appeal what is going on with her and world athletics and how she is basically getting um uh, restricted from competing due to her uh, yeah, basically her natural genetic gift um, of just having higher testosterone levels. And um, and I guess like if I mean, if you've never seen uh, Samea run, she definitely looks like one of the strongest people on the track. Um, definitely more muscular than most of the other um, female runners on there. But but like um, like she has said and I think like others have said, it's just just how how it is. It's just a genetic gift. And um and I mean, I can't, I, I'm, I'm never going to be against that. Um, in any way, uh, it's just, it's just how it is. It's just some people are, are gifted more than others. And, and, um, but yeah, and I think, uh, and Samaya also did a good thing here, um, because she, uh, didn't like give in to world athletics and decide to take things that would reduce her testosterone levels and make it um according to world athletics uh, equal with the other athletes to compete at the same level um so so yeah it's it's just uh it's a big complicated event and it's unfortunate because samaya hasn't really competed in the 800 since 2019 i believe um and uh and like i said that's her that's one of her best events or it is her best event um and she's and she's completely uh uh being being um removed from it at this point um so that's kind of a uh not a not a, obviously a, a real life felony by the iaf but uh it seems like one I want to talk about Russell Wilson because there's a little bit of buzz surrounding the Seahawks quarterback and uh, he himself hasn't requested a trade from C from the Seahawks. But apparently if he were to somehow get traded and get out of his no trade clause on his contract, the four teams would be it would be the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, Las Vegas Raiders or the New Orleans Saints would be the uh, top four destinations there. Um I, I mean, I would be 
really surprised if Russell Wilson leaves uh, Seattle there. I don't think he wants to leave Seattle. Um, it's just really up to how the organization handles it because it's, that's, it's really in the organization's hands to, um, to keep Russell Wilson there. Um, it's, and it's really about how uh, serious they want to take um, what he has to say uh, and, and all, and all of that. Um, but uh, I guess, I mean, I'll, I'll even go out on this limb. If Russell Wilson gets traded, I will play. I got to think of a good song here or not, not a good song, but just like a, a funny song that would, um, that I should play in the background the entire time, or just like straight up play the song for however long it is during the middle of the podcast. Um, should I go Nickelback? I think I may go to Nickelback route. Maybe do this, this straight up rock star. So if Russell Wilson gets traded to say these four teams or, or any team in the league, if he's not a Seattle Seahawk um, at the start of the 2021 season, so whenever the hell the trade unlikely to happen, but if it happens, um, the episode after that time, I will play Rockstar by Nickelback um, either just by itself for, I don't know how long the song is. I can look that up quick, but like four or five minutes, three minutes. I have no idea. But anyway, I will play that song just straight up in the podcast, interrupt everything, or I will play it on loop in the background for the entire podcast. Uh, I'll figure it out. But that's that's how confident I am in Russell Wilson being on the Seahawks uh, this upcoming season, a quarterback who is likely going to get traded, even though the organization doesn't want to trade him, but he has requested a trade. Um, Deshaun Watson, he, uh, yeah, apparently he met with uh, new head coach David Culley there uh, this past week and just reiterated the same message that he wanted to be traded. Um and previously, I had said that I think Watson would go to Miami, and um, which brings me to um, ask this question of: Do the Dolphins tr- also trade? Say because this will, yeah, it will likely be a trade um, if they if the Dolphins try to get Deshaun Watson. So will Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback they drafted in the 2020 draft, uh, fifth overall, I believe, yeah, fifth overall. Um, Will they trade Tua Tungavailoa as part of the deal? And to me, I think they do. And um, I think it's that you got to throw in Tua Tungavailoa, throw in the third pick, which the third pick is it's kind of funny because that pick used to be the Houston Texans. Now it's the Miami Dolphins. And the reason why it's so high is because the Texans really struggled this season, uh, went four and 12 and, and earned Miami the number one overall pick because of a prior trade. I believe it was with um, dealing with offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil there. I believe it was in that deal. But, yeah, so it would have to be Tua, that third overall pick. There's an 18th overall pick in this year's first round that they would have to trade. Um, maybe another future first-round pick as well. Um, definitely some second or third rounders. Um, I don't see any – necessarily any like late late round picks like fourth through seventh round um stuff but uh yeah dolphins are gonna have to throw the kitchen sink in there to um to in order to um uh, get deshaun watson and um leave the texans feeling like they they won the trade there um but i think uh 
when when push comes to shove here, they are going to uh, just be um, frustrated that they uh, that they're not going to have Deshaun Watson on their team because, like I said, they don't want to get rid of him. But uh, I, I don't think they're going to have a choice, unfortunately, with the Cassiero there and and Cully, uh, their head coach. Cassiero is the GM. He was the former uh, director of football personnel for the Patriots there. Um, but, yeah, so, so not a good start for those two in that organization. But uh, since J.J. Watts leaving, too. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's it looks like a rebuild for Houston. And that's my pick to be the Texans quarterback, I guess, for next season is Tua Tungvaluwa because I think in order that's like the the final piece, I think, or the or the biggest final piece um to to get Wads into Miami, um to have Houston being feeling at least a little bit better about getting rid of their uh, potential franchise quarterback and hopefully um, in their case, bringing in a, a, their, a new franchise quarterback into a tongue of Iloa. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. We're, we're less than a month away now from the new league year starting and deals that have already happened being official and more deals um, starting to come in and, we got franchise tag, franchise tags coming up, and all that, all, all that jazz. Um, so, so yeah, definitely uh, something to look forward to there. Saturday night, eight o'clock, second ranked Baylor, seventeenth ranked Kansas, the Bears versus the Jayhawks, and um, I just want to touch on kind of Kansas's roller coaster of a season. So they started ten and two. Then their next seven games, they went two and five, and now they have won five of their last six. I believe they lost their last game against 14th-ranked Texas by three points, like 75-72. So there's that. So it looks like Kansas is on the rise here. Um, Baylor actually just got back. They played one game against Iowa State. Um, It was fairly close, but I guess it was understandable since because of their long uh, COVID pause there. But um, they were still able to win that game. They're still undefeated on the season. Um, like I said, number two in the nation, 18-0. and 0. Uh, I expect them to really be in form here, but it's definitely going to be a test um, uh, this Saturday here. Uh, the things that stand out with Baylor is that they are – yeah, the second best scoring offense in the country, only trailing number one ranked Gonzaga. Um, assist to turnover ratio, they're a top 20 team in the nation in that. Um, what else stood out to me? Um, yeah, they force a lot of turnovers as well. Um, they're fifth in the country in that. So, um, so, so those are the factors I think can be um, can be a. a, a yeah, play a big role in in this game. The fact that they're able to distribute the ball well on offense to where they score a ton of points and not really give up a lot of turnovers. On the other hand, they also force a ton of turnovers when they're playing on defense. Um, so those are that's kind of the things I was looking at there. Um, these teams played each other last month here. I believe it was January 18th, and Baylor won. It was it was a close game. It was 77 to 69. And um, the, the only big separators was that Baylor was a little bit better um, from the field shooting. They were shooting roughly 54%. Kansas was around 48, 49%. Um, 
Actually, I think they had the same number of shots, too. I think they shot around 50-52, um, but Baylor just made three more shots. And um, and I, I think uh, Baylor was a little bit better on the boards, rebounding 29-23 uh, to 23 was uh, the margin there. Uh, so if um, – I mean, this is under the assumption that Baylor will be back to to that form um, already, just just uh, two games after their pause. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think they'll be in a decent enough form to where they should get the win over Kansas. But don't count the Jayhawks out because they're back on the rise. Like I said, they're they're 17th in the country. They were unranked uh, a couple weeks ago, but yeah, like I said, they've built back up to being the typical Kansas that we're used to seeing to where they're a threat to win the national title every single year. All right, and to close, um, this is actually big news, especially for me being a Bruins and Celtics fan. Uh, The TD Garden, the Garden, um, they are allowing uh, the Massachusetts governor there, drawing a blank on his name, they're allowing 12% capacity, and this is part of their project of, of phases here to eventually keep increasing the seating capacity to certain venues and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the Garden is allowing 12% capacity for Bruins and Celtics games starting, I believe, it's March 22nd. So that's very cool. I don't know if um, I'm going to be able to attend any of those games because it could just be like season ticket holders or whatever it may be. Um, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, the 2021 NFL football season, uh, there should be opportunities to go to some Patriots games, which would be nice, especially after um, not being able to go to Gillette when the team was kind of struggling there Um and, and and I think it, it things would have been a little bit better if uh, there was fans to uh, support the team. But uh, anyway, it's it's just big news um, that Massachusetts is is moving forward on on trying to increase capacity of venues and um, and yeah, it, it's it's I can't wait to eventually be at at least one of those <laughs> games for one of those teams. So uh, yeah, so that's a, it's a good uh, good way to end the uh, show here. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something I wanted to talk about on Monday. Oh yes, Mel Kiper, um, NFL uh, ESPN draft expert, um, came out with a second mock draft. So I'll kind of review that this weekend, and then um, just give my thoughts on it. Um, I believe he had. Uh, a, decent amount of quarterbacks going pretty high in the draft so I'll I'll uh, I'll talk about that and um yeah anything else that happens any other college or NBA games I found interesting I'll probably highlight or or whatever it may be so yeah whatever in, whatever else interesting um goes on there I will uh, likely talk about so um with that being said Friday episode done looking forward to Monday